Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. showed the pictures and the 
principal decided that uh, she was not basically following God's ideals when she was found twerking on the dance floor. Now, for the record, I want to make sure we understand that she was not stripping. She was not dancing inappropriately with a, another student, whether it be a young man or a young woman. Yeah, that was the biggest offense, that she was twerking. And not only was she taken out of the student government from being the president, but she was no longer assisted by the principal, as well as they revoked her scholarship application. Now, we got to talking with the Deepon crew, and we had a split, split, split thought on whether this decision was too extreme. And it was felt that, you know, being that she was a part of the student body, that, you know, she had to learn a lesson because, you know, she has to be an example. And the principal made a correct decision. Now, the student body and the other parents did not agree. They actually really kind of fought against the decision that was made. And there were some on the due time panel who felt that this was quite extreme, that she was only 17 years old, and she was only dancing. And the ideals, God's ideals that were thrown up in this equation wasn't quite appropriate because she is not in any level of clergy. She's not in any level of school authority. Um... So where did we get that she should be at that level of responsibility? I don't know. I don't know. You know, here's my thought, and I rendered my thought on Monday. She's 17 years old. What do we do at a party? We dance. Are they dancing today the way we did not dance when we were 17? Yeah, absolutely. Those, you know, those dances were not, you know, at least most of us didn't. She is not in a level of authority when it comes to church. 
this is not a Catholic or religious school where they were out and they were representing the school. Um, oh, boy. You know, I think we don't remember what grace is. I don't think we remember what mercy and grace is and how God has rendered mercy and grace toward us. I think that was extremely extreme. (laughs) I think that was extremely extreme. I think if you were to go probably and survey the lives of the administration of the school, you will find that they've done some things that they have no business doing. They're the ones that are in charge of the school and the student body, not her. And I think that a good talking to and a warning would have been a much better direction. I don't think pulling her student government position as well as her applications for college. So since when do we not deserve an education or a so you mean to tell me I don't even get so so you don't help me at all. You don't help me understand that this is not the right thing to do. You don't help me go into further education. Really? This is what we do? This, this, this was a real hard pill for me to swallow personally. I believe that for a group of, of, of Christian people who know how God has dealt with us, for a group of Christian people who know how God has not dealt with us when we have deserved to be smashed and he has offered his tender mercies that uh mm, I think we need to be a little more lenient, which takes me into the switch tip for the week that was given on Monday. Stop being extra. Yeah. I think, you know, we as Christian people, you know, we we know what it is for God to offer us an opportunity to goof up over and over and over again. I mean, there have been times people have said they've been praying and asking God to give them mercy. And (laughs) they knew right then and there that they were not going to stop doing what they were talking to God about not doing. And we have all been at the point where You know, we've asked God to forgive us, and it's been our intent not to do something. And we have 
definitely gone down the same road. So I think, you know, even if the school and the school administration did not offer a level of mercy, I think we as Christians need to. So we need to make sure that, you know, we remember, we remember, we remember that, hey, this was us, excuse me, this is probably still us in some shape, form, or fashion. So we need to definitely keep these things in mind and uh, check ourselves. So don't be extra because the same mercy that we don't give somebody is the same mercy we're going to need tomorrow. And we're probably needing today. All righty. All righty. Well, there was no it's due time with past stuff yesterday as Block Talk Radio site was down. But today we're on, and it is Wow Wednesday. And wow is what we got today as we have a very sparse due time crew. But you know what? God's always got a man in the bush. We ain't never short of a word. And I don't know what in the world Vivian has in her socially conscious, you know, uh, arsenal. And uh, I still have all of yesterday's news. So we've got some, uh, we've got some talking to do. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to go get that healthy breakfast. I'm going to give you an opportunity to tell somebody that it's due time with Pastor Seth is on. And whatever you do, don't go anywhere because we will be right back. When Yule expoons and pacifiers, you share bacteria that causes tooth decay in your child's mouth. Go, go, go. These bacteria feed off sugar <laughs> and leave behind acids that cause cavities, holes, and then pain. This assault is 100% preventable. Brush and floss twice a day to keep the cavities away. Moms, it's up to you. Healthy habits for a healthy smile. Good morning, good morning, and good morning again. Welcome back to It's Two Time with Pastor Steph. And it 
is Wow Wednesday. Yes, we're halfway through the week by the grace of God. And we are having a good time already. Yeah, we got some stuff that we're going to talk about. We're going to get our socially conscious segment on with our girlfriends in the end. So let's get this party started. Good morning, there. Good morning. Hey. Happy Wow Wednesday. How are you, Pastor Steph? I am well, thank you. How are you, Vivian? I'm well, thank you. That's good. Okay, what you got for us today? All right, today on Socially Conscious, we are starting off with some, with some, excuse me, shocking numbers in regards to scams. A new report from the Federal Trade Commission shows that Americans have lost around $2.7 billion from scams originating on social media. And they say between all the methods a person could be scammed, which includes phone calls, emails, text messages, or regular mail, social media originated scams is the highest. Everyone is always talking about how they believe their phone is listening to them because once you talk about something or search something, you start to see these ads all over your social media, and they say that is exactly how scammers use social media to get people. They say they can learn to tailor their approach from what you share on your social media and also target you based on personal details such as your age, interests, your search history, and your past purchases. They say online shopping from ads found on Facebook and or Instagram was reported to be the most successful data. Uh, Data showed that these scams accounted for 44% of all social media fraud loss reports. They're also saying romance scams also played a big part in the numbers. And FTC wants to warn you to never send money to people that you have never met. So, again, $2.7 billion is a crazy amount of money. And they want you to know these tips and tricks to help save you from being scammed on social media. They say go into your settings and Facebook and or Instagram and limit the people who can see your posts on social media to those that you follow. They say call your friends and loved ones if you receive a message from them urging you to send them money for emergencies and or business opportunities. And of course, the most common one is never give out personal information. Most likely if a company is calling you, they already have that information on hand and you can refuse to verify information if you feel unsure or unsafe. And if you're buying something off of 
an ad you see on Facebook and Instagram, it's best not to click on that particular ad to get the product that you want. You may want to exit the social media app, log on to the site's actual website and purchase from there rather than clicking on the link and purchasing from uh, that link because a lot of times it can be a scam. Next, I came across a very interesting story, a quick one that I thought I would share. Reports say that rats are not the only issue that is being dealt with in New York City, but also coyotes have been found to live in every borough of New York City except Brooklyn. Officials said the coyotes have expanded their range in recent years because there is food and space for them. Several sightings of coyotes were recently reported in Claremont Park in the Bronx. Officials said residents are most likely to spot them at this time of year because the sun is setting earlier. They want to ensure you that coyotes are usually not dangerous and that they try to avoid people. But if you do spot one in your borough, in your neighborhood, report it to Wildlife NYC by simply searching Wildlife NYC on your search engine. It will take you to nyc.gov where you can report the sighting of coyotes or any other type of wildlife that you may see. Next, we have another story. So as adults, we often complain about how schools did not teach us necessary skills for our adult life. I mean, how often do you need to know the radius of a circle as an adult? (laughs) Well, that may very well be changing. As reports say, more and more states are teaching financial literacy, hoping to help those struggling with math. There is a course called Advanced Algebra with Financial Applications. This elective math class has been a mainstay, excuse me, in Capital City Public Charter Schools offerings for more than a decade. I didn't know that. Giving students a foundation in money management while they work on their math skills. So they talk about credit. They talk about investments and loans. Um, and a lot of other things that will help students or, yeah, students in the future. Reports say that since 2020, nine U.S. states have adopted laws or policies requiring personal finance education before students graduate from high school. They're saying this surge comes as educators are scrambling to figure out how to get kids interested in math. They're saying that math grades have plummeted during the pandemic and they have not fully recovered since. At the same time, there's a general dislike for math amongst the kids. So they are hoping that if they teach students about financial literacy, it will increase their interest in math and also give them some critical skills before exiting school. Next-gen personal finance reports only 5% of high schools, where over 75% of students qualify for free 
and or reduced price meals require a personal finance class for at least one semester. So, of course, our black and brown kids are missing out on this opportunity as a lot of the schools where minorities attend are not requiring that they teach about finances before exiting high school. So that just means that there is work to be done. So hopefully with this news report being out there and being made available, we can get this requirement into our schools for our children. But of course, until that happens, school is not the only place where your children can learn. So if they aren't doing it in the schools, make sure that you're doing it at home. But it's nice to know that this change is being made and that they are thinking about our children. Next, we have California mayor in the news yet again as he has just signed a bill creating the Ebony Alert to find missing black children. So if you did not know, here's a little history. AMBER stands for America's Missing Broadcast Emergency Response and was created as a legacy to nine-year-old Amber Hangerman, who was kidnapped while riding her bike in Allenton, Texas, and then brutally murdered back in January of 1996. So Ebony Alert Law is the first of its kind in the nation to prioritize the search for black youth gone missing. Governor Gavin Newsom signed Senate Bill 673 into law on Sunday, making California the first state to create an alert notification system, similar to Amber Alert, to address the crisis of missing black children and young women. So they gave us some statistics. They're saying about 141,000 black children under the age of 18 went missing in 2022 and black women over 21 accounted for nearly 16,500 missing person cases that same year. According to the most recent data from the National Crime Information Center, more than 30,000 black people in the U.S remained missing at the end of 2022. Although about 38% of the people who went missing in 2022 were black, according to the Black and Missing Foundation, missing black people are less likely than white people to have their stories highlighted in the media. And they're saying part of the problem is that missing black children are usually classified as runaways. And as a result, they don't get an AMBER alert, according to the foundation. They're saying that since the inception of the AMBER alert back in 1996, 1,127 children have been successfully recovered through the AMBER alert system. According to the U.S. Department of Justice, The Black and Missing Foundation also found that Amber Alerts are inexplicably less effective when Black children are missing than for white children. 
So, of course, we have some people who are for it and some who are against it. Some of the um, comments read, this is actually insulting. The Amber Alert was named after a child. Amber was designed for all missing children, one woman wrote. Creating an ebony alert puts an emphasis on race of the child instead of the actual fact that a child is missing. I'm so disgusted with this world. Another lady writes. Someone else says, I don't see civilians or police putting in extra effort because of the alert saying a child of color is missing. And last but not least, we have another comment that says, the requirements for an Amber Alert can make it difficult to get one issued. I'm glad another safety net was created as too many children are deemed runaways and never have an alert issued. So of course we want to hear from you. Please join the conversation. Let us know what you think about the Ebony Alert being created. Now we have our wow story of the week. It's looking like they're going to have to start having metal detectors at fast food restaurants, but not for the customers, for the employees. A newly released video shows a Jack in the Box employee shooting at a Florida family in a dispute over curly fries, <clears throat> according to court documents. Anthony Ramos and his family, which included his pregnant wife and his six-year-old child, went to a Houston Jack in the Box planning to order lunch and a side of curly fries. And when the fries did not come through, Ramos asked employees, about the missing item, but Alani Ford refused to fulfill the order, which had already been purchased. The family asked to speak to a manager, um, which Miss Ford responded by fussing and cursing at the family, to which Anthony responded with arguing back, throwing packets of ketchup, ice, and other items at Ford. Ford retrieved a gun, which was in her pocket, and began firing at the family, which they then sped away. Ford was ultimately arrested and charged with deadly conduct with a firearm, and her charge was later reduced to aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, to which she pleaded guilty and is awaiting sentencing. I also came across another article where a McDonald's employee out in North Carolina ended up shooting and killing a woman while on the clock, Witnesses say two ladies got into a fight outside of McDonald's and one ran into the McDonald's for safety. Um, both women were escorted away from the establishment. And for some reason, one of the ladies returned and got into a verbal altercation with employees. She ended up pushing 35-year-old Sam Antoine Ivy, to which he responded by pulling out a gun and again, shooting and killing her. He fled from the scene and was found at his child's school and was arrested. So people are saying that they need to do background checks on these employees. But what happens if you don't have a criminal record? So it's looking like they're going to have to start placing some metal detectors or figuring out something to do because it's not 
it used to be where you would get into an altercation with an employee and maybe y'all fight, they'll throw some things at you, but they're not doing that no more. They're shooting you. So something definitely needs to be done. <laughs> but this has been Vivian with Socially Conscious giving you the news that we are following. And remember, if you have any wild stories you would like to submit, please feel free to direct message me on Facebook. My username there is Vivian BM, and come back every Wednesday to find out if your story has been chosen. Thank you, as always, to our loyal listeners, and thank you, Pastor Steph. <laughs> Ooh, thank you, Vivian. Thank you for our socially conscious segment. And You're welcome. Oh my goodness! As you know, as we said earlier, the panel is sparse today, so that it would not only be a Stephanie and Shanti show. We're inviting you to be a part of the conversation, and let's get to chatting about this stuff here. All right. So, we started off this morning with the scams that are surging and going buck wild through social media and to the tune of $2.7 billion. This, this is, this is, this, this is steep. And you would think that we would become more and more savvy, you know, now that we even got through phone calls and emails and all kinds of different um, scams. But still, this is really prevalent. $2.7 billion is a whole lot of money. Tell T, mm-hmm. you know, what about here when we're talking about just, you know, social media. Is, is the hugest uh, area, the largest area where we're getting hit from. Why do you think that's the area that's being hit so hard? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, ladies. Um, the the morning. social media is where everyone is. You know, you wake up in the morning and you pick up your phone and check your notifications on Instagram, notifications on Facebook, whichever platform is the one you most frequent. You know, it's just like that's where you always are. So it's not surprising to hear that social media is the main avenue now that these scammers are using. You know, you go on, you see ads, you know, a lot of these ads, they're asking you to sign up for stuff, even if it's something for free. You know, you sign up, you get um, more notifications, or you sign up for newsletters. If you're not careful, you don't realize that you're signing up for, for things. So it's because of how often we're on it. So it's, it's real easy for them to now somehow pay attention to what you do and get you through that route. All right, all right. Vivian, why do you think that the social media area is the hardest that's hit nowadays? 
I think that people are just not paying attention. Like, I've always been a suspicious person, and I just, like, I just pay attention to the fact that, all right, this is being shown on my social media, but just in case this link is not, and they'll tell you, if you click on the link, it'll tell you this link is leaving Facebook or this link is taking right, you out of right. Instagram. Do you want to continue? So if I see that pop up, I'm clicking no, and if I want to purchase something, like I said, I'm going to go to the actual site, and I'm going to see if it's, if they have it on the actual site. So I just don't think people are just using common sense at the end of the day and they just got money to to spend so that's what i think it is if you got if you got money to waste then let me hold something because i I could use a couple of dollars (laughs) Yeah. yeah i think i i think what's also happening is you know people you're not getting as much mail as you used to anymore you're not getting you know social media is is where everyone is you know People have become suspicious of the phone calls already. People have become mm-hmm. suspicious of the mail already. Those things are already played out. So what do I mean? What happens? It, 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 it had, this is happening the way everything else is happening. You just move on to the next craze and and the craze and you know people are craving social media. The craze is social media. So why not grab people where their attention is? People are purchase happy. People are always looking for a great quote unquote deal, and mm-hmm. they're not paying attention, as you know, as has been said. And now it, the click is the thing to do, and because the click is the easiest and quickest thing to do, you're really not, you know, finding that you're being precocious now. I also would have liked to have heard the statistics because I really believe that this is also a younger generation thing. I think older people have become a lot more suspicious, a lot more leery. You know, we're not clicking as quickly. But I think the younger generation, and I could be wrong, that's what I said I would really like to see the statistics of the, you know, people who are buying and, you know, where's all of this, you know, coming from? I really believe that, you know, this this is this is a younger group type of thing. I think that, you know, because first of all, you're on social media, you're on Instagram much more than we are as older people. So I I think they're really catching, you know, more young people out there and, you know, now here we are with a $2.7 billion, you know, number we're looking at. I mean, these people have been raking off the dough, man. A lot Uh of money. A lot of money, you know, to think about when it comes to money that's thrown away. Because to me, that's that's what's happened. It's, It's kind of thrown away. So... I don't, I don't know, ladies. You know, this is. I think we need to be real careful of where the next uh, thing is because it's going into something else. So I would really just be careful. Period of, you know, what uh, 
what I what I put my money out to. Here's the other thing that that I wanted to ask you. I mean, are you really? Do you really need to be told still never to give send money to people you never met, Shanti? Are we really there still? Uh, obviously. I mean, I don't know why we're giving money away, but like I had someone um, I used to work with contacted me on Facebook Messenger, you know, real quick, started with uh, a quick casual conversation and went into, uh, I don't know if I could borrow such and such. And I was like, okay, call me. Of course, I didn't get a call because it wasn't them. Somehow they hacked the page and was trying to get, but I couldn't see myself. First of all, if you really my people, you know you ain't texting me anything about borrowing mm-hmm. money. That ain't working. My mama mm-hmm. can't do that. Why are you texting me? Oh, sell me a dollar. What? No. You ain't in that much distress. You ain't call me and ask me that whether it was something you needed or something you really wanted. So I was like, oh, okay, you can play this reindeer game. All right, call me. You know, because we haven't spoken in a while, so you know, I don't want to, you know, hear your voice anyway. Of course they didn't call. So I, I don't understand how we're just sending money. And this was supposed to be someone that I knew, you know. I don't understand how you're sending money to people that you don't know. Like, like Vivian said, yeah, I can hold something. You don't know me <laughs> if you just put money out here, you know. But, yeah, I don't I, – I think that's more than careless. I, I believe that's something else. I don't know what the something else is. But, yeah, uh, I don't understand that. Oh, well, I want to go here also because I noticed – I don't know if you ladies have, have gotten these phone calls, but, you know, I, I had a, the biggest problem – for quite some while of a creditor calling and they wanted me to verify. And they, you know, they were like, well, you know, please verify by giving us your address and date of birth. I'm like, no, I'm not giving you that because I don't know who I'm talking to. And immediately it would disconnect the call because they, and it, these were valid people, you know, they were valid people. And now they've become a little smarter because, you know, I, I got to the point where I said to them, I said, listen, y'all know the scams that are taking place. Y'all know the risk we we take when we give out our information. So why are you mandating that I give this information when you got the information on the other side? I, I'm not, I'm not going to assume paying nobody else's bill. So, therefore, you either talk to me or you don't. So now, the day I got a call that said, can you can you give us the number the 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 house number give us the house number so i'm going to ask you ladies are you that comfortable vivian i'll start with you are you comfortable giving at least that much information or do you feel even that's still too much info to be given out over the phone I think I'm okay with giving, like, if they're not asking for the whole address, but they're asking for, like, maybe the street name or something like that. I'm okay with giving that. But also they've started, like, some companies have started 
you create like a password and they'll ask you for your password. Like it could just be anything. It could be oh. Apple. <laughs> yeah, I've had I've had okay. a couple of companies do that where you come up with a password and instead of them asking you for any information, they'll ask you for your password. So I think that was a very smart oh, idea. Okay. But if they ask for very yeah. little information, I think I'll be okay with that. Okay, okay, okay. Shanti, what about you? You know, if they're asking you, okay, you know what, just give us the house, just verify the house number for us, and that's good enough, then what, what, is that okay for you, or is that still too much? That's too much. They'll ask me to verify my street address, how many garbage cans I have in my yard, nothing. Don't ask me nothing. We don't have to figure out another way. Mail me a letter or something. Something else. Because even with hearing about the password, I this is my first time hearing about the password. But you could be calling me, asking me my password so that now you can enter my password to get into my account. No. I have an issue with me getting random phone calls out of nowhere and you asking me anything. Anything. Okay, okay. How about you mail me a letter and, and, and tell me that... You know, um, you're trying to get a hold of me because of the sex, whatever, whatever, whatever. I'll call you. I may call you a few times from a few different numbers. <laughs> so something, because it, it's just it's way, it's way too much. So I, I have a problem with the random, the random phone calls out of nowhere, and then you calling me asking me questions. I don't care what the questions are. How are you calling me for questions? I don't even want to talk to you, but now I got to answer questions. No, no, thank you. Okay, okay. You know, I, I've had this issue with IRS. You know, somebody tried to file 2020 tax returns, and no, they filed 21 tax returns, and it flagged because filed 20 tax returns. So they they contacted me via mail, and there's one thing about IRS; they're very, very careful. And you will only, so people understand, IRS will never call you. They will always mm-hmm. notify you by mail. And unless it's somebody in your home or who has, who has direct access to your home, you know, um, mail and things like that, you're pretty safe with the IRS. They're very, very, very careful. So they contacted me. I did call them to verify that it was not me because they tell you, contact us and let us know whether it's you or not. So you have to call. So I did call. They, what they do, what they're gonna do with me now? Now here's the here's, here's the thing. I, I want to tell y'all all about this because I want you to pay attention. Because Pastor Sherwin also talked about the fact that uh, for a couple of years they had up for thousands of dollars some fraud with the IRS. Somebody had, had done some stuff. So I want to kind of give you this information since we're talking about this privacy. And things like that. So what they what they said was at the end of this year, because this was the year that I uh, called and, you know, they found out that there was a problem, they would send me a number. And when I file my taxes, I must use that number. The only person who would have this number is Stephanie. So, therefore, mm-hmm. that would be my protection and their protection that, they know it's authentically Stephanie. So now you can also use this number when you file electronic tax 
taxes. But here was the kicker. Here was the here was the kind of like a little hole. Because I had not gotten that number in the mail, and it would not be sent to me until the end of this year, I could still electronically file 2020, 2022. I could not file 2020 because uh, 21 because that's what that's what the one that they were trying to file. So okay, no problem. Well. To do that, somebody tried to file the 222. So they sent me again saying, somebody tried, we want to make sure that this is not you. Now, because they had the flag from 21, they now are on it and now 22. But because they tried to file my 22 taxes, now I cannot electronically file my 22 taxes because I don't have that secret number. So, you know, this is a, a precaution for Stephanie. And, you know, I'll take the precaution. I'll take the hit. I can't do anything. I, I'm kind of frozen. But you know what? I'd rather, I'd rather have that. I'd rather have that protection opposed to now somebody out there is, is getting all kind of access to my stuff. So now I can't do anything. Um, I'm locked out until I actually get this pass, this pass code. And then when I file electronically or through the mail, I can't they'll know it's Stephanie. Now, here's the thing. I can't file 21 or 22 electronically. They don't allow you to file electronically if someone's tried to, to, to file taxes in your name. So I can only do like 20 do do electronically but i can't do that now unless i have the passcode so you know they're trying to come up with a whole lot of different things that kind of make you authentic and and it's definitely you but i'm telling y'all y'all gotta be careful because everything we do now you know is out there all the access people who used to live with you people i mean your family members all of on the internet nothing is private these days every bit of your business is sitting out on the internet and you know it's really you know by them making us do everything electronically now it's really making you more vulnerable to the to the criminals because nothing is done via mail anymore so it's really be careful everybody you know, be very careful with the information that you give. Be very careful with the clicking that you do because you're really, you're, you're, you're really very vulnerable to fraud. And if you don't think it can be you, it can be you at any given moment. So, you know, this is just another warning not to give your stuff out, as Vivian has said. You know, don't don't give your information out. The scammers are out there. They 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 while we're sleeping, they're, they're planning. So be careful. All right, now Jimmy is telling us that the rats are no longer the issue or the only issue. That coyotes live in every borough. But here's the thing: they're not dangerous. Now, I'm sorry. I'm, ha- I'm having a hard time buying this one. But they're not dangerous. All I know is, I hope to God I'm not in the park when they show up because that ain't going to be a good scene. 
Chucky, you know, what, what's your thought on they're not dangerous? I'm serious, man. I, I, you know, just don't, don't, I'm not going to Claremont Park or any other park. I'm, I'm just like, yo, this is crazy. I'm sharing the park now with the coyotes. You know, they're not dangerous. What does that sound like, Shanti, to you? I, <laughs> that doesn't give me a peace of mind. You know, I'm hearing coyotes. <laughs> So whether I'm whether I'm in their territory or whether they're in my territory, I'm not supposed to be close to nobody's coyote. They not about to sit next to me on the park bench and open a newspaper. You know, I'm not gonna see them drinking Starbucks or anything. You're talking about a coyote. We don't all watch the cartoons, especially if you're born in '85 or earlier. The the coyote and the road runner wasn't at the concert. They never turned out good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. No. I just hearing just hearing coyote just puts me on edge. Just hearing it. Now you talking about at any point it could be walking down the trail in front of me or behind me. No. Nothing. Nothing. You know, at ease about that. Wow, Vivian, you know, the, the coyotes are not supposed to be dangerous. Now, am I understanding that you said if they if you see a coyote, you're supposed to go online and try to find something so you can report the fact that you've seen a coyote? By the time you get home, that coyote ain't in the same spot. Right, yes, they want you to... Um to report the sightings on Wildlife NYC because, of course, coyotes are not supposed to be out here in the city. So if you do see one, they do want you to report it. But I'm with y'all. I, it don't matter if they tell me it's not it's not dangerous. That's the same thing they tell me about bugs and mice, and I'm still scared. I'm still running. So it, it doesn't bring any peace to me for you to say, oh, they, they, they'll avoid you. Don't worry. No. I mean, come on, you tell me dogs are not dangerous, and, and yet, and once in a while, we hear the story about a dog or something. What'd you say? No, I was just thinking that when Vivian said, you know, what she just said, I was like, it's the same thing with dogs. You know, people got their huge yeah. dogs or, or their vicious dogs, like, oh, no, but that's just the baby. Oh, no, they ain't going to do nothing to you. That's not what he's thinking. To me, you know, you're talking about this, this wildlife, wildlife in the hood. And I don't see how they wouldn't feel like they're in danger. You know, they're not expecting to see people no more than we're expecting to see them. So, uh, you mm-hmm. know, listen, just pray. You better have a good prayer life and you see a coyote. That's all I'm saying. You know, and you better pretend like this is you in the lion's den and you're Daniel and God has got you because ain't nothing nobody going to be able to tell me. I'm, I'm dead serious. It's nobody, nothing nobody going to be able to say. And you know, if you're one of those people who run and all that kind of thing, y'all, no, that's too much thinking. That's too much thinking. I got to worry about the, you know, about the dangerous people, the mentally ill and the coyotes. Nah, that's a bit much. That's a bit <laughs> Too much for Stephanie. 
I'm sorry. Okay. Here was a, a very interesting topic that was brought up this morning, that more schools are teaching financial applications to get the kids kind of interested more in math. I think, you know, I, I, I did, okay, so I won't say what I think. Um, they also said about the lower income people, us brown and, you know, African-American people, you know, we're not going to be taught the same, you know, in school. You know, they're not teaching us the financial apps um, or, you know, to, to help us with the math. You know, we were still going to have to learn the trigonometry or whatever it is. You know, they're going to be pushing across the table, but not, you know, this is not going to take place in our hood. You know, Shantis, you generally spoken about classes that you were forced to take, you know, mm. during school, and it would be nice to take some things that, you could actually apply to, you know, real life and, and, you know, just life in general. And now that you hear that they're pushing these financial, you know, um, things such as credit and uh, loans, investments, and things like that, you know, does that make you feel, you know, more hopeful for the students now? Absolutely. Makes me want to go back to school. Math was always something that I struggled with heavy from elementary. You know, I had tutoring in math from elementary school to the point where when I got to college, I had to take remedial math courses. And it was so crazy because I, I could get pretty far in the math until it got to a certain point. I guess it was the tail end of algebra and when you would start to approach trigonometry, I think that's where the, the remedial level really started to kick in for me. And my, that was my biggest problem in college. It's like, why am I paying for high school? I showed you I got my diploma already. And I think that even now with the mandatory grades, you know, K through 12, I, I feel like times have changed now where, yes, you know, we have to learn our ABCs, and yes, we have to learn to add, subtract, multiply, and divide. After that, I feel like they need to get very creative on their teaching methods, on their curriculum, because these kids are different, these parents are different, and now everything has to be geared a lot more to how can I apply this in my everyday life. This is why very few of us lack common sense, because we're just learning stuff just to memorize it. School is all about memorizing. So if I don't have the ability, I can do the work, but if I can't remember what I just learned, I'm failing. You know, it's all about memorizing. But if I know that I'm going to have to use this later on today, more than likely I'm going to remember this. So I love the idea of teaching about financial literacy, the credit and, you know, loans and credit scores and all of that because these are things that you're going to have to in the very near future, you know, learn about. Or if you're a scholar in elementary, you might be able to teach your parents. You know, your childhood is a lot better. But, you know, you, you definitely – it's definitely great because – we, regardless of the subject, you know, we have to start training these kids on, you know, how to apply the information that you're given. This is one of the reasons why they dread school. You know, it, it's, it's different. It was a struggle for, for my generation. 
you know, so now you're talking about in 2023, you have to give them something. Because if I know I have to use this later on today, I, it's a greater chance I'll be excited. Even if I don't necessarily like the subject, but I may be a lot more attentive because I don't want to be in a situation where I'm going to need this information and now I'm stuck at the store or I'm stuck, you know, in any situation because I don't know, but I had the opportunity to know, but I wasn't paying attention. So I think it's a great idea that they're teaching me. They, they have these courses now. Okay, okay. What about you, Viv? Do you think that, you know, this will now change the curve in the uh, learning and the interest for our, our students? I do. I think it'll help. I remember when I went back to school, when I went back to college, and I had to spend my summer taking remedial math before I could apply for any classes for my major, which was early childhood education. And I just didn't understand why I had to learn pre-algebra or any type of algebra to teach a bunch of kindergartners. (laughs) So if I had an opportunity to learn about finances over algebra, I would have definitely appreciated that because then I'll know how to spend my money once I exit school with student loans and making $5 as a teacher. So I think it'll definitely help. It makes more sense to teach them something that they can use rather than something that we'll never see, we'll never use again in our life. Mm-hmm. One of the problems, and, and I agree with you, ladies, and one of the problems I think that that I always had, and my, I remember my mother, you know, from back when we were going to school, you know, the biggest the biggest issue we had when we were going to school was long division and short division. And that's when the curve first started taking place, where, you know, your parents knew how to do long division, and they were now teaching you short division. And, you know, you you had to begin to learn different strategies. Well, that was one thing. But now when you get to this day and age, and now they're teaching the kids how to do math, but they're teaching them some crazy method. You know, you mm-hmm. flip this and turn that turn that to this and flip yeah. that to that. And, and I'm like, why do you just can't tell the kids to do it like this and call it a day? Right. And I beat them figuring mm-hmm. out the thing in five seconds, but it takes them five minutes and then five hours. And you ultimately mm-hmm. can't help them with the math homework because if you haven't mastered the strategy, and they didn't care. And, I mean, even to the point where they were like, well, we don't care whether they get it right or wrong, just as long as they understand the path, the method, the strategy. And I'm like, what sense does that make? Where they could get the answer mm-hmm. much quicker. And, you know, then they did come up with a couple of, you know, I, I did see my granddaughter, you know, learning how to count going forward without, a pen and paper, and and that was one of the things that I think I saw. The only thing I ever saw that made sense the way they would start counting forward, and I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. I like that. But other than that, it was just this long, confusing thing where even the people in your house couldn't help you do homework. And to me, that was just Mm -hmm. dumb. You Mm -hmm. ostracize everybody else other than the teacher 
know, and, and you didn't care as long as they understood the strategy. At the end of the day, what did they learn? Nothing. Mm-hmm. So I think this whole issue with learning money management and credit and investing and loans and things like this, I think they need to learn this stuff. I got an application the other day for a credit card. And I looked on the back, and you know how they give you the, all of the the APR and the terms and the this and that. Do y'all know the 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 APR was thirty five point nine? I could I, it took my breath away. I was like, oh my god, wow. it's almost fifty percent. Wow, like, you have got to be kidding me! And I just ripped it up. I wasn't a, I wasn't planning on applying for it anyway. But you know, I just you know, I'm like, well, let me just see what they're talking about. I could not believe it. And and I say that now because this is the stuff you need to know. How many people would not pay that any attention because they don't realize that if you make a purchase, you are going to pay thirty five point nine percent. Of that purchase, which means oh, that you God. will forever be paying off this credit card. This is the kind of stuff we need to be teaching our children. This, yes. is, this is the real deal. And and when you're teaching them strategy and all of this kind of stuff, yeah, you you need to be teaching them this because this, this here, this life is real. And all those strategies and all of that kind of stuff that they're learning that's wasted, this is the kind of stuff that they need to be learning. How to figure out what 35.9% is on a $10 purchase. Right. So and a lot of the time. Use your... Go, go. And a lot of the times you don't even think about that as a young person applying for yes. a credit card. You're just thinking yes. that you have extra yes. money. So now if you're being made aware to pay attention to the APR, now maybe you won't apply for this uh, credit card that's charging you nearly 50% on your purchase. Yes. And I'm I'm saying to myself, okay, so they've encouraged you to use your card on everything now. Or how many times have you gotten to the point where you had to use your card for everything now? So I'm out of gas, you know, um, um, a gas, uh, what do you call it? This is where you buy gas. Gas station. Gas station. And I need to fill my be a gas station, and I need to fill my tank. Shut up! I need to, you know, put money in my tank, a gas in my tank, and I'm I want to buy fifteen dollars worth of gas. Well, Lord have mercy. What are you going to eat? A poke? Now you sitting there staring. You sitting there staring at the numbers. Like you get the fifteen and one cent, now you passing out. Like no, I didn't stop in time. I just needed fifteen dollars, and it, it's that that is what they. But you know what, Pastor Steph, to back up what you said, they've gotten real strategic to even where they put the APR information because before it used to be more towards the front or on the front. Now they have yeah. it in the back. Mm-hmm. I would put on the back too if it was thirty five point nine percent because that that just discourages yes. anyone who knows you know anyone who has any knowledge anyone who's ever been in debt 
anyone who's ever jacked their credit up, you know, that, that will send you on, a, you know, high alert. So they, they know what they're doing. They figure when we put this in the back, they, maybe they'll miss it, but they can't say they didn't, you know, have the information when they apply for this. That is ridiculous. Yeah. So you, you need to learn this stuff, you know. It, I, I'm thinking about the gas station. When you go to buy gas, you already have to watch to find out if cash and credit is the same, you know, are you paying the same, you know, are you paying a little bit more because mm-hmm. you're using a credit card. So you're already going to pay a little bit more because you're using a credit card, but then you're going to eat even more because you've charged it because you're paying all this interest. So these are the things that, that children need to know because that's one of the things that got a whole lot of young people caught up when they were going into college because they had all these banks or in these companies at the, you know, at the colleges sucking these kids up into taking mm-hmm. out credit cards and they did not pay attention because they did not know to pay attention to all of the interest and all of these, you know, late fees and all of this stuff. And now, you know, they're like in credit card debt. And, you know, our children need to learn this stuff. And, you know, it says, well, they're only kids. Listen, it's, listen, I'd rather teach them that than to teach them trigonometry. What are you going to use that for? What are you going to use right. that for? You're mm-hmm. going to use it for anything. So, you know, just go ahead and teach them something that they do need to know and, you know, maybe they can teach their mama. Who knows? You know, the same way they teach us how to use the iPad and iPhones and all of this kind of stuff, let them learn. Let them learn some things that they're going to really be able to, you know, put into their arsenal of knowledge because they, they really they really need to, to, to learn these things so that they can have a better sense when they do get an opportunity to now make purchases. All right. Now, what do you, I'm really dying to know, what do you think, Shanti, of this, what do you call it? This, um, oh, man, I, got, I wrote Ebony Alert. Wow. Wow. Ebony Alert in comparison to Amber Alert, because Amber Alert is not flagging more African-American and brown children Yo, wow. What do you think? I think that they're doing what needs to be done, too, because before Vivian got to the statistics on how many overall, regardless of race, color, how many children have gone missing, how many have been recovered, then when you give the breakdown of how many um Caucasian children have gone missing and been recovered versus how and and the the effort that has been put out to recover Caucasian children versus black or brown kids. Because at first I was just like, well, why we need to separate? Until she read those statistics, and here here's what always baffles me: y'all got time to get upset about the course of action when ain't nobody upset when nothing is being done to prevent needing extra, an extra course of action. I don't, I, I don't remember ever receiving, I haven't had an Amber Alert come to my phone in a long while, but I don't remember ever receiving an Amber Alert if it wasn't just for a car, like they send you 
the license plate, the make and model of the car, or it being a Caucasian child or woman. I, I don't remember receiving any Amber Alerts for a male, like like an adult, even if it's a, a Caucasian male. Um, but mo- mainly it's women and children. I don't ever remember it being a description of a black or brown woman or child. So now with you hearing how many black and brown children and or women that have gone missing, and now you feel some type of way because somebody else, who ain't nobody asked you to do nothing. Ain't nobody asked you to sign a petition. Ain't nobody asked you to donate 50 cents a day towards the Ebony Alert, nothing. But you would have time to feel some type of way about this instead of caring that there have been so many missing and not recovered, not found, or maybe found by the time they found they're deceased. And it's, I feel like this is a great, you know, method. Um, I feel like because of the lack of effort, the people who are are not doing anything help to make it a race thing. If any of us, if any of us show partiality and caring about what we share, things go viral based on what people share. You may feel like I'm only one person, but every I'm only one person hitting that share button or giving word of mouth helps things to go viral. So if I'm not contributing to that, I am now helping to make this a race thing. How can you now get upset that there has been another course of action put in place so that someone who has gone missing or and or has been kidnapped can now um, be found, you know, before God willing, before they're no longer here or something really happens to them? It, it's a, I think it's a great idea. More power to you. Amber Alert people, y'all work on what you feel is important. Ebony Alert, if this is mainly gearing for black and brown kids, but she'll still include the other side, and that's great too. But it, it, it is what it is at this point. If you feel some type of way, start your own and be quiet. But I, I, I think this is good. I, I, I like the idea and the concept of it. Okay. Uh, listen, hit us up, 347 Seven seven, you know how to reach us. Let us know what you think. You're mighty silent out there uh, this morning regarding this. I'm sure you've got a thought, but give us an idea as to what your, you know, your feeling is. Amber Alert versus Ebony Alert. Vivian, what's your thought? Um, excuse me. I think it's unfortunate that we have to separate it like this. But it definitely makes sense. And I don't see them having an ebony alert and them like excluding white people from it. I still feel like they're gonna mm-hmm. they're gonna find a way to have the white kids be an ebony alert as well. But it's just unfortunate mm-hmm. that we had to now create an ebony alert because they're dismissing black missing black children and considering them runaways before they just, you know, even if they are runaways, why are we not trying to find them? Like, I don't understand that part. So instead of us putting the alert out there that this child is missing, we just consider them a runaway and just wash our hands of the situation. That doesn't make sense. But it definitely is unfortunate in my mind that we had to come up with something like this. And the Amber Alert mm-hmm. wasn't doing enough anyway, because they said it was, what, 
1996, which is 27 years ago, and they've only been able to recover 1,000, 1,127 children have successfully been recovered through Amber Alert system. So maybe the Ebony Alert will help a little bit more, whether, whether it's geared directly towards black individuals or if it's just another means to put an alert out there for missing children in general. Maybe it'll help because that number is a little low for 27 years worth of Amber Alert. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> I, I, I was, I, my mouth was hanging open, actually. I, I could hardly type when I was listening. And I'm like, wait a minute. Well, first of all, Amber Alert, I, I pretty much knew it, you know, the origin of it, even if I didn't hear the story of it. You kind of figure out, you know, um, because that's how they come up with things, you know, when you, you know, they name it after somebody. So Amber ain't no black name. So you automatically knew, you know, you, you got a rare occasion you have an Amber in, in the, you know, black and brown community, but pretty much Amber is a, is a Caucasian name. And, you know, so I figured that's where it came from. And, you know, listen, however it comes up, it comes up. No big deal. I, I thought it was an excellent idea. I didn't realize it had been from 1996. Um, you know, as Vivian gave the statistics, I was like, wait a minute. Since mm-hmm. 1996, only over a thousand children. Well, what y'all doing? One of the things that came across my mind was, What's the what's the ultimate layout of of finding a child? You know, what do you ultimately do? And when when I heard Vivian give the responses, the three responses she gave, and you know how people were angry, or you know however they voiced it, my thought was if the California mayor felt that everything was okay with Amber Alert, Mary Alert, John Alert, America's Most Wanted, whatever it was, would he bother to try to put something else out there to assist? And my thought would be no. If, if anything was being done via whatever alert that's already out there, you know, it, it's only been a few years that we started getting the Amber Alert on our phone. You know, when, when, when something's happening in your area, now everybody's phone is being, you know, alerted to what's going on. And I thought that was, you know, pretty interesting. You know, we didn't sign up for that, you know, but they made it their business to get to all of the different phone carriers and they implemented that on your phone, whether you wanted to or not, which I thought was okay. You know, I, and my thing is, you know, if, if all, all the garbage you use your phone for, use it for something that was, you know, uh, helpful and could save a life. But my question became, what are y'all ultimately doing with this Amber Alert that only in all these years, you only got a little bit over a thousand children because there's more than if you took out the brown and black community, there's a whole lot of white kids missing that y'all should have been able to find 
over mm-hmm. a thousand kids. Even if you dismiss all of us, where, where are all these other kids at? Why haven't you found them? What are y'all doing? Does that need some breaking down and restructuring? So if now you have to add another alert system, then you know what? Is it going to hurt? No. I, 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 it's sad. I agree 100%. It's so sad that we have to add another alert system because there's been a group of people who are not targeted the same way other groups are. I don't care what the groups were. It didn't matter to me whether it was the Native Indians, whether it was the Asians, whether it was this one, that. It didn't matter to me. Just for the fact that you had to go and add, you know, for another body of people, that to me was the sad part. Opposed to maybe trying to find the, the hole or the gap in the first alert system and I'll heighten it. So if that's where the hole is, then so be it. If your feelings get hurt in the interim, then oh well, oh well. I agree with Shantice. What are you doing? Are you doing anything to help? If not, shut up and do what you need to do and what you can do. But the fact that we have to, this is why we need an another alert system. Because a group of people have been left out or not targeted. And you know what? That's probably why your results are as low as they are. Because now this is the backlash from you not targeting everybody. So, you know, it didn't catch, I didn't catch it at first. It was an ebony alert. Oh, Lord. Pastor Seth, you know, another thing that, I'm sorry, another thing that just came to mind as you were speaking, especially now with this child trafficking going on a lot heavier now. Right. You would be upset. You would be upset if there's another alert system out here because now it helps to put the law-abiding citizens on alert for a lot more missing children, as you said, regardless of race. You know, so now if we got, okay, so we had the Amber Alert, not too many people paying attention to that. As if I'm a part of this child trafficking, then that's great for us. But now you're talking about a second one, and now a second one with a vengeance because this has been created because of lack of effort. Now, this ain't good for us. So I think if you oppose, you really need to shut up because now you automatically look like you could possibly be ones who are benefiting from, um, in addition to you maybe just being ignorant, but you possibly being ones to benefit because, unfortunately, that business, you don't know who's involved. So right. if you oppose, right. to, if you oppose, you need to shut up because that is not a good look on either way or on either side, if you're involved or not, because either you're ignorant or you're, you're profiting. You, you need to be quiet because I, I could not understand, you know, whether I'm one who focuses on race or not. I cannot understand me taking time to get upset about something being implemented like this. That just doesn't make sense to me. 
to take the time to have an opinion that opposes to this being done. Right, because again, if if if, if listen, in twenty three years, you're only found a thousand and change. Somebody needs some help. That's yes. what, it didn't matter why, well, whether it was because y'all are only looking for the white kids, y'all are only looking for the the the, the, the upscale, you know, the rich people. Regardless of what you are doing. Clearly, something need, it needs to be restructured so that it can have more success. So if this particular uh, mayor says that, you know what, part of the reason is, is because the, the demographic of who you're looking for needs to be stretched, and we're going to put something in effect that stretches the demographic of who's, you know, sought after then so be it. If there was somebody who said, you know what, y'all are only looking in Mexico and, you know, or, or, or Tijuana or or, or, or or China or Japan or whatever, and we're going to now look in America and, you know, you know, this place and that place, then, that, then open it up, open the floor up. But you cannot complain when the Amber Alert has only come up with this level of success, I am so mm-hmm. shocked to hear the number is so low. I really am. So, you know what? While you're complaining, look for a child, period. You know, when I look at the news and, you know, they show, you know, this child's been missing for this long. I say to myself, okay, so how come we don't have newsletters or something, or how come this stuff is not out there? If I just and I don't look at the news, so if my TV wasn't playing this right now, would I even know that this particular child was missing? That's what I'm saying. What are you know? What's happening that you know we're some all these kids are flipping through the cracks. And one of the reasons mm-hmm. why I, I thought about this sex trafficking thing, this human trafficking thing, is maybe why the numbers are so low is because the powers that be are making sure that the numbers are low. So now y'all yeah, need what to, to the- kind of go along with what yeah. Yes? No, I say what happened to the milk cartons? What happened to the kids? I mean, I know we don't have the milk. Oh, no, we do because the pint comes in the carton, right? What, what happens Not to anymore, kids really. Milk they put them on the plastic. It's more plastic now. Oh, right. Okay, so put 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 them on a label of the milk or something. But what happened to to that? Right. That's what I'm saying. So if, you buy, if you I buy milk, you see the kids' face. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, did this be a dare of things? Listen, y'all got social media all over the place. You know, I don't scroll. I scroll very, very little. But can I tell you something? When I scroll, I do not see anything about missing kids. Why Mm -hmm. isn't that an area where you put that? You have no control over what you see when you scroll. Well, put that out there. Put Put it out there. So there are so many other ways that we can, 
you know, get this stuff out there, this information out there. And I think now that we're beginning to gather more and more, we need to figure out some ways to assist opposed to complaining. So that's that was something that I found really, really interesting. Okay, Vivian, you got this Jack in the Box and this McDonald's, um, these incidences that took place with the employees pulling out a gun. How do we, you know, stop this? How do we limit this from happening? You know, there's someone said, you know, there's a suggestion that says we need metal detectors. There's some suggestions that say we need a background check. You know, what what are we doing now? You know, we go into a a restaurant, a fast food restaurant. We can't speak up for ourselves for fear of getting shot. I don't know. Shanti, what's your thought? How do we remedy this? I just want to make sure I got the story right. So an employee shot a customer because they got the wrong, the customer got the wrong type of fries and said something and the employee was mad. Vivian? The, yeah, for the most part. They didn't get the wrong type. They didn't get their french fries at all. It was missing from the order. And when they spoke up and asked to speak to a manager, um, it started a verbal altercation and then they started throwing stuff at the employees at the drive-thru, and the response of the employee was to pull out a gun and shoot at the car. And then you have the second story in McDonald's. The second story in McDonald's is that two women got into an altercation outside the McDonald's. One of the ladies ran into the McDonald's for safety because she was being chased by the other both ladies were escorted out of the McDonald's by the manager, but for some reason, one of them returned to the McDonald's, got into a verbal altercation with the employees. She pushed one of the employees, and his response was to pull out a gun and shoot her, and he wound up killing her. And he was on the clock. He was at work. Since when we need guns at work now? Okay. Um... Now, I know fires are very serious because yesterday I was adamant after a while about going to Shake Shack because I made it to the fries. I wanted to fry. I had my eyes oh, on yeah. one fast restaurant that we had never, you know, heard of and chicken fingers looked good. But I was like, oh, wait, Shake Shack fries. So I, I get it. I get it. However, well, one thing, you can't, I keep telling people, as extreme as it was for anyone to pull out a gun, whether they pulled it out just to scare you, just to pistol with you, or actually shoot you, you cannot do stuff to people and then now try to dictate if their response is too extreme or not. You're throwing stuff at them. And and, and here another thing, when you take the time and you start to read and learn people, you start to learn that a lot, not all, so please, if you work at a fast food restaurant, if it applies, it applies, if it doesn't, it doesn't. But from what I've seen and what I've witnessed over the years, a lot of people who work at fast food restaurants are not happy with their, their career choice. So they're already on edge. They don't want to be there 
<laughs> they don't want to work. Okay? They're mad. So now, I now make matters worse. Whether I'm in the right or not, I now make matters worse, and I now create and provoke an altercation. And now because you're already on edge about your life choices, you already got a gun on you for whatever reason. Maybe you're planning on shooting one of your coworkers or your manager. I don't know. That ain't got nothing to do with me. But now I've made myself a target because now I'm ignorant because I didn't choose the right fast food restaurant to go to or because I couldn't make up my mind as to what I wanted or whatever. So no, so you got two people who make bad life choices. Now I'm going at it. And now one shoots and kills the other. Now with the McDonald's ones, I don't know how we go from fighting another customer to now me coming in here and pushing an employee again. Again. More than likely, this employee don't want to work here, so they're already mad they're on the clock, which is probably why they got a gun. Maybe they want to shoot themselves at work. I don't know. But now I make myself the target because I done came back in here and I done pushed you, and now you shoot and kill me. It is very important that we learn to start paying attention to ourselves and other people. Because then you'll you'll start to allow God to really start talking to you and, and, and helping you realize that what you're about to do or what you're about to say ain't the move. Because this is going to lead to that and then that's going to lead to that. Now you're lifeless because you couldn't control your temper. At a McDonald's, or I'm not sure where the first altercation was passed with us not that was. But, you know, it's, you, you have to, you know, Pastor Steph had, had to return her fries yesterday. I had to return my soda yesterday. And neither of us was wrong. You know, we didn't ask for something and got it and then changed our minds. You know, and now they, they were wrong. They gave me ice. I asked for no ice. They gave her cold fries. But there's still a way you go and you approach the employees to ask them to correct, regardless of whose error it is, to ask to, to correct. I can't now throw my soda back in the window and my I said no ice. You know, now <laughs> it just turns into a, a, a whole, because that, that's, that's, what, that's what I'm, that we're hearing a lot of people doing now. Yeah, you were wrong for giving me ice. It's already cold out here. You know it's about 50 degrees out here. I'm already sitting outside eating. And you giving me ice after asking mine. Okay, no problem. But how much easier was it for me to just say, oh, I'm so sorry, but can you please um, exchange this for me, please? I asked for no ice. Within a matter of six seconds, I had a brand-new cup. They didn't just pour the ice out and give it back to me. I had a brand-new cup of soda. But everybody's on edge. Everybody's on edge, and now people are dying for the most dumb reasons. And this is not the first nor the second or the third time we've heard of people getting shot at fast food restaurants specifically for silly altercations, but it seems like no one's paying attention to these things. So it's very unfortunate, but we have to we have to start waking up and understanding what's going on out here now. Oh, Vivian, what's your thought? We're going to have to start having bouncers at the fast food restaurants. You can't clock into work <laughs> until the bouncer pats you down and makes sure you ain't carrying no gun. Because, like Shanti said, why do we need guns at work? Like, what lifestyle are you living? Or what's going on with you mentally <laughs> that when you getting dressed for work, you think, oh, yeah, I got my car keys, got my house keys, got my phone, wait, forgot my gun. Like, this don't, that don't make no sense to me. <laughs> You left the we house. We can make Donald's hat. 
<laughs> right. Like, what is going on? What is the problem? Like, what what lifestyle are you living that you going to work at McDonald's and you carrying a gun? Like, you must have been through it with these customers and you just done, you said, I had enough. The next person to say something to me, getting shot. Like, this is just crazy. <laughs> Wait, 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 Vivian. How can you afford the gun? How much they making at McDonald's now that now I can't afford a gun? How much the gun go for the female? I don't know. What kind of gun was it? I don't know. What kind of gun? I don't know the price of the black market for guns now. But I don't remember. Last I heard, McDonald's was making $15 an hour. That's still taxed. That still has to be taxed. Mm -hmm. So now the the net is what we bring home, right? Yeah, that is what yeah. is after taxes. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. I was a yeah. I care about that. Okay. Yeah. So the net. <laughs> so with the net, now I'm bringing. Now I'm bringing home. I'm bringing home way less because after they tax my little fifteen dollars an hour, how am I afforded a gun? Because you can't get no gun on credit. Because now you're gonna have to use the gun to shoot the person. <laughs> you, you probably can. It's too much. It's, it's too much. <laughs> No, because everywhere you go now, they they got Afterpay, they got Klarna. You probably can get a gun on credit. Oh my god, that's probably why they took it to yeah, work. Got, thing. Yes, he coming here to get. Yes, he coming here to get. He coming here to get yes. the third payment. He coming here to get the third payment. I ain't got it. So now, if he don't, if he don't agree, if he ain't cool with me not having it, this may have to be an altercation. That's oh, probably why they have to do it. Oh my goodness. Yes, you got PayPal paying for. Yes, there's a whole lot of stuff you got available. Um, You know, I I have to say, this this here, God, teach you don't like to talk about mental illness, but I got to tell you, girl, Mm -hmm. this here, no, it's not that I don't like to talk about it, Pastor Steph. I, I feel like it's just overused and it's used as a crutch. I know it's real. This is definitely one of those mental illness situations. No, I just thought it's just overused and it's used as a crutch for everything now. Yeah, I really believe that it, it, this is what's going on. I really believe, and you, you know, you touched on it, and, and that was my thought. My thought is these are people that are already unhappy with life. And right. there, then I, it goes to Vivian where they're on the edge and and they're you know I wish her and the wood you know that and that's mm-hmm. where we are you know everybody's everybody's just ticking time bomb and the one little thing and these people just happen to be that one little thing where you walking with a gun whether you need it or not but because you gotta have it just in case and these people ended up being the just in casers. And mm-hmm. you, I, I keep, I said the same thing, and y'all have heard me say this over and over and over again. Stop testing people. Y'all know these people are mm-hmm. unhappy, and you throwing ketchup and all kind of things. It was just, you might as well have gone and thrown the bomb. You might as well have thrown a bomb up in the window, because that's the way they took it. You threw ketchup, and they, they threw a shot. Hey, you took your chances. You know, don't take a knife to a gunfight. You ain't realize you was in a gunfight when you threw your ketchup and your banana peel. Yo, we have heard this story before. 
How many times have we heard? We've done our stories here where the people have been in the window and they threw stuff and the people that left out the window went to their car and fired shots. Stop assuming that people are not going to respond. Because the fact of the matter is, it's not if they will respond, it's how they will respond. And Uh this is such as life now. Such as life. You know, you don't know who's carrying a gun. I do not argue with anybody. I just don't. Mm -hmm. I just don't. Mm -hmm. Y'all want to call me a steady cop? Call me what you want. But all I know is, if I die, it won't be because I threw some mayonnaise at somebody. Mm-hmm. Stop pushing people's buttons because people are already walking around waiting with this chip on their shoulder for you to knock it off. And you have knocked the chip off. And you not you did not anticipate that you were stepping on a landmine. Stop pushing people. Like Chanti said yesterday, you know, we both had instances, you know, where we had to, you know, return food. And I just went back to the window and I said, Miss, I said, you know, my fries, I just got the fries and they're cold. Can I please have new fries? And she just put the stuff in the container and turned around and handed it to me. I said, thank you. And I walked off. She she didn't say a word. You hear what I'm telling you? She didn't say, Okay. She didn't say, uh-huh. She didn't say no prop. She said nothing. She already looked like she had an attitude. And I didn't notice it until she just turned to give me the fries, the replacement fries. And I was like, well, dang. You ain't said nothing. But you know what? That was okay for me. I don't care what your attitude was. I watched her with the fries. So I knew she hadn't done anything to my fries. And I took the fries. But when, you know, you get to a point where, you know, you're arguing with these people, understand that you are taking a risk. And I don't know if you want to take that risk. But you better think about it. You better think twice. You better think twice as to whether you want to take the risk or not. Because this this stuff is real. This stuff is real out here. So I, I just think that, you know, there's nothing we're going to really do except for, like uh, Vivian said, somebody needs to be there. The manager needs to pat you down. I'm sorry. This this is just where we've gotten to. You come to work, we got to make sure you ain't got no gun. And I don't know if that's even going to be thorough enough because am I going to walk in, you know, walk in and you're going to stop me at the door? Or am I going to have a chance to go and stick it somewhere? And you just, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. And people who are determined will do what they want to do. But you know what? This is where we are. Stop fighting with people. Stop fighting with people over stupid stuff. You know, the one who went back into the restaurant, boy, you didn't get, you you really didn't think you were going to get that. Now you don't have any lesson learned. You have no lesson learned because you have no life. So you stop. Just stop fighting with people. So whether they have a gun or not, you will not be the victim. Like that's the only thing I'm saying. Ladies, it's been real. Thank you so much for your contribution into today's conversation. And we pray you have a blessed day. Thanks, Viv, for hanging back with us today. No problem. It was fun. Have a great day, ladies. 
was fun having you. Thank you, ladies. Have a wonderful day. You too. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All righty. We've come to the point, the top of the hour, I like to call it. And uh, let's go before the Lord. Heavenly Father, God of all mankind, we give you thanks just for investing in us again today. Thank you for waking us up today. Sounding that alarm so that we could hear the alarm and enter into your day with thanksgiving and into your courts with praise. Heavenly Father, we ask you to be with our D-Time crew. We ask you, God, to keep them safe and covered as they tend to other things. We ask you, Heavenly Father, to just watch over them and return them back to us safely. We thank you, Heavenly Father, as you always have a ram in the bush. And we thank you for the availability of Vivian so that she could be a part of the show in a greater way today. Thank you so much. Well, we we have talked about some real disturbing issues that exist today, God. And Lord, we're asking you to just be with each and every one of us. We can dictate what the non-believer or the unhinged or the mentally ill will do. But for those of us who say that we're in your army, for those of us who say that we're following your will and your way, for those of us who say that you are the head of our life, God, we pray that we salute you each and every morning for you to order our steps. That we do not behave or have the mindset of those who are unhinged. We ask you, dear Heavenly Father, that we Meditate on your word day and night so that we can walk this earth and make the difference. That when we see a situation that can be handled in a better way, that we operate in a better way. That we don't stoop to the level of other people who want to fight, who want to argue, who disagree, but that we remember who we are representing at all times and that we stand and we salute you even when people don't see us saluting you. And we remember that we have you to answer to. That we want to be able to tell people that we serve a great, big, amazing, wonderful God. That people don't have to ask. That people will look at us and see Jesus in us. That the light of the world shines through us. We lift up all these individuals who are troubled, God. The question came forth today. What what, what are we going through? What's our lifestyle like? That we need to take a gun to our job at a fast food restaurant. 
Do we need protection? Are we on edge that we are so worried about what we may face that we want to be the first to take care of things? What is it, God, that they need? They need you. They need a Savior. And we pray, God, that someone would be interested enough in their lives that they would take the time to introduce them to a Savior, that there would be a pamphlet, a billboard, something that they would see, a word that would be shared with them that they would literally realize that I have to have, I have to have a change in my life. That Jesus makes the difference. Somebody told me that. And I want to find out for myself because I can't walk around like this any longer. I can't sit and be a problem any longer. I want to be a part of the solution. I want to make the difference. We pray for that change, God. Because there was a change in us. There was that light that went off in us, that bulb that went off over our heads that made us realize, make that step, take and make that move. And we thank you, God. We thank you for just being there for us. And we know the same way you were there for us that you can be there for someone else. Thank you, Father. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord, for always being there. Even when we didn't want you or we didn't think we needed you. When we're lifting up all these individuals who feel the same because we know that Christ makes the difference. And we know that if there was just one person with a level head in these altercations, that the outcomes would be different. Now we have a family who no longer has their family member with them. We now have an individual who will probably serve the rest of his life in prison, a life going down the drain. So, Lord, we're here. We're here to fly and to raise awareness and we pray that we step up and we do that, that we do not sit back, even for this amber alert, this ebony alert, that more of us would be proactive and instead of complaining, that we would work toward what can we do to make the difference in these lives, that we can possibly help to return a child back to their loving home, and even a child who did run away from home. Can we help? How can we help? What can we do that makes a difference? Thank you, Father. We thank you. We thank you for just settling our lives. And now we pray that we are the answer to what they need here on earth and that we can point these souls to you. Thank you again for loving us far more than we could ever imagine. 
We give you the glory and honor, so rightly do your name. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I marvel at the fact that these are the things that we can talk about. These are real-life situations. And we don't have to look far to figure out what's actually happening in this world and how can we make the difference. Are we doing what we can? Are we just sitting back or are we trying to do something that makes the difference? You know, I, I thought about the fact that these children are runaways. You know, some children that, that are not snatched from home, but they actually leave home. And I think about why. Why why are they why are they going through this? Why are they feeling like they need to leave home? Home where it's supposed to be soulless. Why leave home where it's supposed to be safe? Why are we running away from a home that we need to have peace and comfort and joy and love and, you know, we receive the care and concern? Why are we running away from home? And there's a lot of domestic upset in these children's lives, in these children's homes. And, you know, one of my passions is domestic violence, domestic abuse. And the fact of the matter is a lot of these children are enduring a lot of abuse, a lot of violence at the hands of parents, at the hands of siblings. We've seen a surge in an upset, in the, even in our grandparents. And that was someplace that was always safe. If your mama or your father was getting on your nerves or they didn't understand you, you could run to grandma and run to grandpa. And now that's not even doable because grandparents are now, you know, losing it. So children, a lot of kids don't have just peace. A lot of children don't have just rest, simple rest, where they can get up and they can go to school. And they're not coming from hell. And we're trying to figure out why they're so unstable in the school and why they wreak so much havoc in the school. And it's because their home life is so unhappy. What are we doing? What what are we doing to help to create a better atmosphere for our children? And your children, when I say our children, it doesn't have to be a child that you gave birth to or a child that you helped bring here. But with they're all our children. Are we helping them? How are we helping them? Are we paying attention to the fact that they have unstable parents? When we see unstable parents and their children in the home, what are we doing? Because when we think about stuff like that, we're helping the child. You know, I was talking to someone and I was saying our children need us. And the person said to me, 
you know, work that, you know, we need to, you know, the parents need to help. I said, that's exactly what I'm talking about. I said, we're helping our children by helping the parents. Are you watching an unstable parent and you just like, you're not doing anything? You're not praying with the person. You're not taking the time to talk to the individual. You're not counseling the individual. You're not inviting this person to church. Because the children in the home are suffering from any level of instability that that parent is going through. And if you don't think you can help, think again. You know, are you just looking at that person, just brushing it off that coworker? Are you just like ignoring them? Oh, that's not my problem. Yeah, it's your problem because our children are suffering. Because whatever's going on in that parent, that parent is taking home. Are we paying attention to that? Are we helping with our own children and not remembering that our grandchildren will be the ones that suffer? when we don't help our children. When we think that it's okay to let our kids be loose cannons and they slamming doors and, you know, kicking cans and all that stuff, that stuff is real. Our children are suffering. Every bad decision your child makes, your grandchildren are paying the price. So come on. Let's help. There are so many ways that we can make the difference. Are you going to God on behalf of that coworker? Are you taking that coworker's hand and you say, you know what? Is there something that I can help you with? Can I give you the ear that you need? Do you need prayer? Do you need, why don't you come to church with me? You know, why don't you speak to my pastor? You know, can I babysit? You know, I'll watch the kids for you. You know, so that you can just get a little time away. Are we making those sacrifices or are we just constantly looking around saying, it's not my problem? Let's make it happen. You've been listening to In Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. They will only serve as a, a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my Due Time crew always coming through big time. Thank you for hanging out with us and helping us do what we do. Please do not miss this opportunity to give Christ your life right now. Please do not uh, miss this opportunity to strengthen that relationship in the Lord right now because later is not promised to any of us. Until tomorrow, God says, it is Therapeutic Thursday. Until then, 